Welcome to the first ever episode of Ska Station Radio. That's right, your one and only Ska-based podcast where we talk about Ska things, Ska everything, Ska all the time. With me is my favorite Ska host, Connor. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this. I'm pretty sure the name of the show is Save Station Radio. Uh, I don't know about that. Not too sure about that. I think it's a new era. We are now a Ska-based podcast. We discuss nothing but ska. Nothing but ska and kickflips. Nothing but ska. Well, at least for this episode, because we are talking about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. What a banger. What a banger. Of course, released September 4th, 2020. Uh, Once again, developed by Vicarious Visions. We know that name around here, don't we? Yeah, if you listen to our... One of the Crash episodes, I can't remember which one it was. We talked about them. They made the Insane Trilogy. Yep, of course this is an HD remake based off of Neversoft's classic two Tony Hawk titles from the PlayStation 1 era. Uh, And if you have somehow been living under a rock and don't know what a Tony Hawk is, never heard of him, never heard of the man, Tony Hawk is a professional skateboarder and these are skateboarding video games. But these aren't like your typical sports video games. I'd say they're way more arcade-y. I would maybe compare them more to like a, I guess a Jet Set Radio or even like a Crazy Taxi where they're not simulations. They're totally like these really goofy uh, high score chasing, like like they're arcadey as hell. Which I think, um, especially initially when Pro Skater 1 came out in August 31st of 1999, I think that's what got people really into it was it was very accessible. It was very easy to understand. You didn't need to know a lot about skateboarding. And then, I mean, especially back in the day, that's what got, these games are what got people into skateboarding in the first place. And I think that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, you know, I was, I was, I was a little bit being uh, jokey there for a second, but like, these are legitimately some of the best video games of all time. Like people absolutely love them and it's with good reason. Um, and I think that they are extremely culturally relevant in the land of both video games and skateboarding for that reason. Um, but anyway, in terms of this release, at the time I, um, I got these notes, the sales for for it, uh, we didn't really have hard data, but we do know it's the uh, fastest selling game in the franchise's history, uh, hitting over 1 million units sold within the first week. I got that from GameSpot. And then we also know it's it was the fourth best-selling game in September, which was according to MPDs. So, doing pretty well, it seems like. People just like Tony Hawk. And them sweet, sweet kickflips. And that great soundtrack. That great soundtrack. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Some interesting information about this game. Um, just I want to talk about a couple of, like, some cool societal things it's done. It's, um, I think it's, how, what did you see... It's probably the first video game to recognize COVID-19 officially. Yeah, I mean, some would argue other things that have masks in them and all that. But, like, this is very much set in the exact time period it was released in. It kind of explains why the school has, like, no people in it because they're all gone. And then there's signs that say stuff about it. But, you know, it was definitely interesting to see. I think that's awesome. I There are a couple of levels in this game that recontextualize them to like explain why there's nobody around, which I think is really funny. This is one in the mall level also, uh, where it's an abandoned mall this time around, which I think is really smart. Um, it's also, 
the first Tony Hawk game to feature a trans pro skateboarder, which is real dope. Yeah, they included game in, included Leo Baker, who I believe is non-binary. They use they them pronouns, and I think that's super cool just to have that sort of representation. They're also a great skateboarder, so yeah, it's really cool. I also wanted to give particular nod to the character creation game, uh, character creation suite here. Um, I don't know if it's the first game to ever go this far in terms of just, I think, being smart about inclusivity, but it feels great. And it's definitely the first one I've played, especially at a triple A level that does this, um, where essentially when you start creating your character, you don't pick your skin color or your gender. You pick from a lineup of faces, which I'm pretty sure are randomized. Um, and it doesn't organize them by color or anything like that. You just pick the, sh- you're basically picking your face shape. And then from there you can make alterations. Um, and in fact, I don't think there's any gender options at all, which is, yeah, great. there is no gender option whatsoever. There's the same sort of, you know, uh, unisex underclothing for things that are like, if you have a shirt that's unbuttoned or whatever, like all that's just kind of the standard across all the characters you don't actually get to pick a gender which i think is super cool because why would you need that uh you could change the voice and the skin color and how your character looks and all that but you don't need it you're a skateboarder that's (laughs) your gender skateboarder now yep and it's not like you need to like the game doesn't need to recognize that you can you know that's that's part of your own headcanon i guess right (laughs) which I, i think is super smart and i hope to see other character creation suites do that as well yeah, the only thing that's come close recently was Animal Crossing New Horizons, where it doesn't list gender. There's a thing called style, and it's the same. It just has, like, somewhat gendered pictures, but it doesn't actually mean anything. And But this just takes it one step further, where there's just no option, and you just it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it feels like genuine thought and purpose was put into it, which I, I think is great, respectable, and should be commended. Uh, and then I also wanted to take a minute and talk about the mute grab, which no longer exists in this game. Like I pulled this information from from Polygon, uh, but on Tony Hawk's Instagram, he explained why they why they made the name change to the mute grab to the Weddle grab, um, and it was essentially because Weddle was a pro skateboarder back in the '80s, I believe, and he came up with this trick, and he is a deaf man, and so you know Tony Hawk and other pro skaters thinking they were paying homage to him called it the mute grab which you know is obviously offensive but also inaccurate and it's just a thing tony hawk was reflecting on that and you know reflecting on that and regretting that decision and talking to weddle and they both kind of uh weddle he tony hawk asked him what he would name it now and he said that he would either name it the death grab or the weddle grab so they in for this game and for future titles going forward and i believe just for pro lingo in general it's now the weddle grab which is super cool yeah, obviously it sucks that that happened at all in the first place, but I love seeing that people owning up to mistakes and fixing them. It's it's really nice to see and honestly a little heartwarming. Yeah, I mean, this whole game is just super, not only just fun and kind of goofy in terms of skateboarding, but it's also like just cool how it brings people together. It has been doing it for 20 years now. I think it's, I really do like this game. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it, it's very good. <laughs> um, uh, interestingly, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 have been re-released multiple times over the years. Uh, this is technically the third remaster of them, which is kind of wild. Um, the first one 
was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X, which was a North American original Xbox exclusive. It was a launch game, and it was developed by Treyarch, uh, who you probably now know for the Black Ops games. Uh, and this collected uh, remasters of 1 and 2, plus a couple of new levels that they threw in there as well. I kind of want to find that for collecting purposes, because I had never heard of that before I started uh, looking it up. And then the other, uh, perhaps more infamous re-release is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD back on the 360 and PS3. This was the first Robomoto-developed Tony Hawk game, and it's clunky. <laughs> um, it was just infamous for, for glitches and just kind of feeling off. A lot of people kind of got it just for, like, feeling not feeling correct in terms of Tony Hawk. It also wasn't the entirety of the games. It was like seven levels split across both of them. It was a weird package. Um, it looks like the Pro Skater HD also had downloadable levels from Pro Skater 3. Yes, so it did have like one or two DLC packs that included three levels. Um, All right. Or three, some of three levels, which is like, it's just a weird, weird product. It's Whatever, 2012. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's okay. We're in a better place now. Yeah, take time if a man want try me. No time. You saying but when I run up on stage, I pick up the mic and it's reload time. Don't know your songs, but they know mine. That's why I got gigs just like Joe Grind. After the show, I'll be rolling mine. Don't care about the no smoking sign. Uh, I thought it'd be fun. We're not gonna do a whole thing like we did with Vicarious Visions. We'll save it for when we do future Tony Hawk titles, because I'm sure we will at some point as they re-release more, or if we just get bored and wanna. Uh, just to go through some of neversoft's notable catalog not everything they've ever done but just some of the stuff that i thought was like oh let's let's talk about this their first released game was called skeleton warriors which was based on a tv show i believe that was a saturn game i think it was like a it was some animated show but the game from what i looked up the playstation version used like pre-rendered graphics combined with 3d environments for your a 2d like action game it looks cool it was also released for the saturn and that's one i'll search out when i start collecting for the saturn when <laughs> i actually have money to do so uh what i think is probably their most interesting release that's not tony hawk related apocalypse on the ps1 uh starring bruce willis for some reason really it's notable for a bruce willis and b being the first game to use the tony hawk engine which is really cool and apparently they actually they didn't they're the ones who finished this game i think another studio was working on it before so they kind of came in and and actually got it to release it also weirdly has the music video for system of down spiders in it i think or is it sugar it's one of those songs <laughs> all right like sure. pre-rendered in one of the levels it's really interesting uh, i recommend people go look up some footage that was a full year before the first pro skater and then the year after that they did spider-man for the ps1 which i loved back in the day i didn't realize that this was the game they did but looking at footage i'm like oh i totally played the out of this at my cousin's house like the cool thing about that game is they've got stan lee doing a ton of narration for everything you're doing which is really fun highly recommend it if you can seek it out don't know if it holds up in terms of gameplay but i remember thinking it was real cool when i was a kid yeah so then they were responsible for tony hawk up through about 2007, their last one was Tony Hawk's Proving Ground, which was right after Project 8. But in 2005, there was also Gun. And Gun. What a, what a choice for a game title to just call it Gun. Gun. But I have Why played not? a little bit of this. Um, my sibling had the 
GameCube version and they let me borrow it. So I popped it in and it's it's ambitious, especially for a, you know, GameCube PS2 game that it's like trying to be what Red Dead Redemption would become but on the GameCube. That's interesting. This is one of those games I've always wanted to give it a shot but just have never found it. This is like like this is like a trio of old ass western games. Like this, uh, uh, Red Dead Revolver, the first Red Dead game, and then like the Call of War ass games that I've that I've always like kind of been similar to me, and I always get them mixed up in my brain. Yeah, I mean, Gun is cool. It's a third person shooter that actually uses both analog sticks on the GameCube, which is surprising. That's interesting. Like I didn't even know it had a GameCube release. I thought it was just a 360 game. Nope, Xbox, PS2, and GameCube. The next things that. Oh, real did you did you you played some of this right i want to what do you think curious yeah no it's cool it's um less open than i would want it to be but it's more of like a like a gears of war if you kind of think of that but it, it, you can have this quick draw mechanic where you can slow time and shoot a bunch of guys all at once with infinite ammo which i think is great and then i mean there's still a bunch of it's the it's the old west so that you get a bunch of racial stereotypes on natives but other than that i think it's pretty cool i didn't play it very long yeah it's one of it's one i might seek out one day and give it a shot and then of course they took over the guitar hero series around three which was the same year as their last tony hot games proven grounds um activision kept them busy which i think uh, was probably part of their downfall, unfortunately. So they released several of these games the same years as Tony Hawk games would come out. But yeah, after that, they kind of became the Guitar Hero Factory um, up until 2010, which then they basically got consumed into the Akira monster that is Call of Duty. Yep, 2011 Modern Warfare 3, 2013 Call of Duty Ghosts, and then they were... Uh, made defunct and merged with Infinity Ward to make more Call of Duty games. Yeah, and I think they even did more than that. They just worked on, like, map packs and for, like, a lot of them during that period. So, like, you know, thanks, Activision. Though, to be fair, Activision did really run the Tony Hawk and Guitar Hero franchises into the ground. So, I mean, honestly, if you're thinking about it that way, I don't know what they could have done. But, you know, thanks, Activision. Do you want to Thanks. ruin Neversoft's name for all of our listeners? Oh, I mean, you know, if our listeners have, you know, if they think about it for two seconds. <laughs> this is one of those things where I, I'm, like, pretty sure it was Giant Bombcast with Dan Reichert a couple years ago where he said it. And I just, uh, it, I had that, like, galaxy brain moment where I was like, what the f***? Where he was like, yeah, I never knew Neversoft was a dick joke. And I had to sit there for a minute and go, always hard. It's the opposite of always hard. yeah. Uh, you said this to me last week, and I've haven't thought about anything else for the last week. <laughs> so thanks no, for that. You won't either, listener. You're welcome. Thanks for that. All right, let's talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Yes, yeah, so this obviously is not a game with any story. It does have unlockables. We're just going to discuss kind of everything. So if you don't want to hear about those, I mean, you can bow out. We're not going to, like, 
do a spoiler section or anything with this because I think that would be a little silly. So we're not going to dive deep into mechanics either because I'm not very good at the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just just to give y'all a heads up. Why don't you tell me your history with Tony Hawk? Um, this is the first one I've played, I believe. That's not true. It's not true. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I did play a lot of uh, Tony Hawk's American Skateland on the DS. Yes. And that game we is We traded great. that game back and forth. <laughs> that game's great. I remember the eight ball on the cartridge. There was a one ramp in one level that gave me so much trouble. That's about all I remember of it. It was so long ago. But, yeah, that game's great. Yeah, and that's another uh, Vicarious Visions joint, which, which approximates the... Um... Was it American, American Skateland or whatever on the Wasteland was the console Wasteland, version. Yeah, yeah. The console versions. There was um, also a GBA version of Skateland. They really pumped those out. <laughs> yeah, Vicarious Visions had a Tony Hawk engine for the Game Boy Advance. They wanted to use it for they everything they could. Used it. So my history of Tony Hawk, it's honestly a lot sparser. Like I never played the originals back on PlayStation. I did play a lot of Underground at my cousin's house. Underground 1, I think. Maybe it was 2. But I remember playing quite a bit of that game. Um, and then I played a ton of Downhill Jam on Wii. Which is... That was one of those games where our friends would just come over and we'd play the shit out of it. Um, I went back to it recently. I don't know if that game holds up too well on PlayStation 2. But I can tell you the Wii version is not fun because of all of the motion controls. Sorry, Toys for Bob. You did your best. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe the PlayStation 2 version's better, or the DS version, which it was originally released for. Um, but, so, yeah, I mean, those are my main influences. I did play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD back in the day. And because I did not have a ton of familiarity with the series, I didn't mind it that much. I remember enjoying it. Um, but that's also just because I think I didn't know what I was missing, that kind of thing. But that's basically it. I played, like, I... I did play all of the skate games, which are quite different than these games. They're a little bit more uh, simulation-y. They're also great, though, by the way. Highly recommend. But, yeah, that's kind of my history, too. It's kind of sparse. I didn't really get into too many of them, unfortunately. Uh, but I did get into skateboarding as a kid, so... Oh, yeah, no. Because of these, I definitely... I knew about these, and I did attempt to skateboard as a kid. I was not, I was not great at it, but it's... You know, it got me into skateboarding at least a little bit, and then I just played the DS some more. So that was my childhood. My my skateboarding career ended up. I could I could I had heel flips down. I could do a heel flip. Oh, you got farther than me. But I could <laughs> never bring myself because I'm a I'm a massive coward. I could never bring myself to drop into a half pipe or a bowl. Oh no 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 no! It's scary. I would break every bone in my body and die. It, well, it's one instantly. of those things too where it's fine, but you have to commit. It, like it's yeah, not a thing you could dip your toe into you just have to like you have to lean forward and commit to it and i was always terrified i was gonna mess it up it was fun i i loved it uh back in the day so let's just um talk about mechanics just real quick it's it's a game that's basically based around three things it's based or four things i guess it's based around ollies it's based around flip tricks grabs and grinds and those are all on your face buttons so x is ollie which then you can transfer transfer into any of those and we played the PlayStation 4 version, I guess I should say. Is it Circle is Flip Tricks, I think? 
Circle uh, is grab tricks. Oh, grab. Square okay. is the flip tricks, and then triangle is grind, which you can perform when you're next to a grind rail. Yes, and so each of those are modified based on the direction you're pushing the stick or the D-pad. So if you push to the left or right, you'll do either a heel flip or a kick flip, you know, up or down, or, you know, do it like a... It, it almost plays out like a fighting game where you're doing, like, semicircles and quarter circles and stuff like that to achieve different tricks, which is interesting way to think about it. And that works, too, with grabs and grinds. It's just about which direction you're pushing when you land on the rail, depending on what kind of grind you get. Um, and there's all sorts of variation and good stuff in there to, to work with. And this is the main reason why I'm no good at this game is because those <laughs> sort of quarter circle button combo type stuff, I'm just terrible at that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. The notable thing about this game is it takes the move set from the later games and transports it back to 1 and 2. Because one originally did not have a manual, which is kind of insane. Because the manual is kind of what you use to link all of your tricks together, uh, because it'll keep your your score going. Because without it, you'll lose your multiplier. So it's a lot about like doing your tricks, you know, getting off the rail and then manually over to the next ramp, which might be a vert ramp, um, and then you know grinding again, and then you know so on and so forth. Um, it, they also add in in the revert, which allows you to link your um, your vert style tricks as well. So it's kind of a lot about learning the maps and learning what style of tricks you can do where and how to link them all together so you can keep up with one continuous combo. It's it's kind of a lot about learning maps and learning learning lines and how to do it properly, um, which I find immensely enjoyable. Yeah, I definitely see the appeal of that kind of, you know, planning your route and sort of planning what tricks you're wanting to do. I end up just kind of improvising literally everything you know something's in front of me i'll try and do something and then keep the combo going and then you know half the time i fall straight on my face but i do really like and especially the main uh, goals of the level it gives you a checklist of some random things like find all the letters or here's some tapes hidden around i guess go find those those objectives were really what i enjoyed because it was more about exploring the level and then using your tricks and your momentum to get to a certain place um, in the level. And this is all added to the fact that each level is a two and a half time limit, two and a half minute time limit, two minute, two minute time limit. Yeah. Yeah. So each level is two minutes and you have to do everything that you can within the two minutes because then you have to restart the level and you'll lose progress on whatever thing you were working on. So, you know, getting to, find all of the life rings in the two minutes and then planning the route between them to try and get them all in the in the time limit that's what i was really into yes and uh, i think that those goals accomplished a very smart task of having you learn the level and practicing it like the collecting goals especially the ones where you're collecting just random objects or whatever those do a great job of showing you where you can go on the level and what's possible and i think that's great I think it makes this game feel very smartly designed and really good. And by the way, the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater only had five goals per level, so they actually added in five more for those games. Uh, for the first game, two had two had straight up ten. Yeah, but I, I think they all serve the purpose of having the player learn the map and learn what they can do um, pretty well. Some of them, like finding the secret tape, maybe not so much. Sometimes you're like, I would never have found that, but... Um, for the most part, I think they're really well-designed and well-made. Um, so what was your favorite level, then? 
Man, I think I gotta go. It's honestly really hard. I think I'll go ahead and say that mine is the mall from Tony Hawk Pro Skater One. The mall is really good. The mall has a set of grinding rails that you can pretty much do throughout the whole level, which is really satisfying. So that that's a good one. Um, I'm I'm honestly it's pretty simple, but I'm a pretty big fan of Skate Street. I think that that level is set up smartly, where you're you constantly have lines to go for, and it feels it it just feels intelligently set up for the game. I will also shout out Philadelphia. I think it's got some nice secret areas there. It's got like a whole secret skate park you can get to, which I think is cool. And I mean, you got to shout out Warehouse. Warehouse is the classic. And to that end, I think Hangar is actually a better version of Warehouse. So shout out to Hangar. Yeah, I did really enjoy it. I played them all in order and man, getting to Hangar, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, they really went for it when they made two, huh? <laughs> Oh yeah, 2 definitely feels like a much bigger game. Like, all the levels have secret areas, and it just feels bigger and better, which is cool. It's what you want in a sequel. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that, that banging soundtrack. Aside from Superman by Goldfinger, which we all know is a perfect song, what's your favorite track on the album? I think mine, my favorite would have to either be Shut Down by Skepta or obviously Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine is fantastic. Um, of course. I think Shut Down's probably going to be my favorite. Cyclone by Dub Pistols is also very good. Uh, Let's Do It by All Talk. Afraid of Heights by Billy Talent is a very good ska <laughs> tracks um and then west coast by fiddler i think those are my top picks nice i think i i, I really like that uh that machine gun kelly track bloody uh bloody valentine it's really good and then i really enjoyed uh Citelma by junk bunny i think it's the name of the band i think that's a really good song to skate to as well i think this soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal i cannot think of a track on it that i don't like in some way like even the ones where i listen to i'm like oh this is a cheesy song it works and it fits the the game extremely well um i think it's a great mix of mostly pop punk and then you get some you you get a little bit of hip-hop and rap in there too which i think really works and helps to break up the soundtrack too honestly Um, and then the ska of course yeah of course of course you can't yeah you can't have a tony hunt game without ska or you can't, you skate can't without have ska? ska station radio without the ska as well. Why are we talking about it, you know? But yeah, of course you can't beat the GOAT, which is Superman. Yeah, and there was a, I believe it was the Spotify little interview with Tony Hawk where he was talking about how these were mainly just tracks that were played at his skate park. And he's like, oh, that's really good. Let's put it in the game. This was for the original. And then it got to the point where everyone was so excited for the soundtracks, like even more than the gameplay, which I think is wonderful. I mean, you got to give it the credit for, like, like that, honestly, that the, the soundtrack on the skateboarding really kind of defined the culture. Like, I genuinely, like, it sounds cheesy, but I genuinely think that there's a whole culture, like, a whole group of people out there who, like, got a lot of their cultural identity from these games and, like, the music and the art and the just everything about them. Like, I think that, like, that stuff is really important in a weird way. Yeah, it's insane how much 
impact this game has had it's which is also incredible because tony hawk in this interview pointed out that for this new game you know it's been 20 years since the originals he wanted to find a lot more new maybe like indie bands or just new tracks that would fit the style um and then got a bunch of these new artists to spice up the soundtrack and the as the culture has a cha- has changed something that fits that change from you know 1999 or 2000 it's going to be different so that's where we get a lot of those i think a lot of those more hip hop focused ones probably a lot heavier stuff has come from that but definitely all around great picks um good job sound team for sure like absolutely it is it is great um and i do want to give props to the art team of vicarious visions like i think that there's a lot of just little graffiti and like little things around the levels that looks so good and like just i mean just in general this game looks really nice and really pretty um and i, and I just want to give this shout out because i do think sometimes people and i think even we've been guilty of this i think even in the last of us episode we didn't really talk about the art like creating something that looks realistic takes a lot of fucking talent and I just, I think those artists deserve all the credit in the world for that because it looks so nice and so good. I think we definitely shouted that out in the Last of Us episode because that is probably one of the best looking video games of all time. Oh, I mean, we talk about how good it looks, but I think like in terms of just like praising artists, like the I think a lot of art direction, I think, yeah, that's yeah. also very strong. I love those designs. This is, we could talk about this later, but <laughs> especially for this game, I think a lot of that graffiti or especially in stuff like mall and venice where they add just a sort of like trash or just yeah um i really like especially in mall now that it's like abandoned you get to see a lot of those rails or just boxes or ramps made out of just scrap wood and whatever else and then the lighting all kind of matches that as well it's really great art direction um you also uh, credited the boundary break episode here where they t- took the camera behind the glass and there's certain like textures that are behind the glass <laughs> that you just don't get to see. It's so good. And I think it's so smart and the way it updates some levels, but leaves alone some others, I think is just pretty brilliant. And yeah, shout out to their art team over at Vicarious Visions. You're doing good to get over there. Let's take a second. I, I do want to talk about the only negative I have for this game, and it's like barely a negative. It is, I, I'm a little disappointed that there isn't any truly fun secret characters in here. Uh, you get you get a couple classics. Officer Dick makes a return, uh, played by Jack Black, which is really funny. And then you can unlock an alien, which is a Tony Hawk classic, which is great. Uh, and then I think kind of part of a pre-order bonus you could get a skeleton which is fun but like i think it sucks that that's how you got it but other than that there's nothing and i thought like i thought for sure we'd get like crash bandicoot or spyro or just you know something like like i want something goofy and out of there to make an appearance like the tony hawk games were kind of known for their goofy guest appearances like spider-man and darth maul and uh like boba fett was in one of them and shrek you know it just had this like yeah like, like they were kind of known for like, oh, this is, what's the secret character going to be in this one? And this one doesn't have anything like that, which I think is a legitimate bummer. But, you know, this is the year 2020 that we're talking about. Maybe they'll just add it later. 
Yeah, that's true, and and we'll get into the, the end of the podcast, but yeah, I and you know, if I'm complaining about not having a dumb secret character, if that's what the best I got, this game's pretty fucking good, you guys. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really fun. The My main complaint is some of the the main the main control issue for me is how you perform manuals when you land on the ground you have to do down and then up and then down again or just down and up no just down up or up down depending on if you want to do a depending on which nose, direction you want to go nose manual or regular. Yeah. um but that could be really <laughs> clunky and i end up just like flicking the stick wildly whenever i land just to get it to work and i feel like there should be at least some option to map it to like one of the shoulder buttons or something because like we have four shoulder buttons and two of them are used to rotate the board but then the other two are like do they do anything i'm honestly forgetting if they did uh you know i'm not sure i don't think so um did you try using the d-pad that might work better for you because i mean that's how these games were originally designed was the playstation d-pad I did, but I don't know. I just find moving in a 3D space with the D-pad as like straightforward as Tony Hawk is. You know, you move forward automatically. I still find it weird. Just it's just uncomfortable for me. So that's I I did try to do it, but I'm like, oh no, I have to use a stick. <laughs> it's messing me up too much. Yeah, I know. It was one of those things where like when the Insane Trilogy came out, people were talking about how like how they had to switch to D-pad because it felt so weird to them to not. And I just, I, I gave it a shot and couldn't do it. So I totally understand that like 3d space thing. It kind of, it kind of breaks my brain. Yeah. Only time I used D-pad and crash was when I was trying to go on a narrow thing and trying not to turn wrong. Yeah. And you do kind of lose a little bit of the um, nuance of control when you do that. So I get it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you know, I do think that's probably a thing that doesn't, I didn't really look, but I don't think that there's a great, there's any great options for remapping your controls, which is unfortunate. At least on PlayStation, maybe PC has it. So maybe that's something they could add in the future. Um, they do have some accessibility options, like you can set it to where you don't have to worry about the balance meter at all during grinds and grab tricks and stuff like that. So they they do have some of that stuff in there, but yeah, they could probably do a bit better. So you are much better at this game than I am. You want to talk about those secret levels? So, yeah. Um, in Tony Hawk's, well, Tony Hawk's 1, it's not really a secret level. It's just the one you get at the end, which is uh, Roswell, um, which is fun. It's cute. You can go see an alien be operated on. It's goofy. It's kind of where the whole Tony Hawk alien thing started. It's good. In Tony Hawk 2, you get two secret levels. You get Chopper Drop and uh, Skate Heaven for beating the game uh, i think skate heaven you get when you complete all objectives and get gold medals in the competition levels they're both fine chopper drop is literally just you drop out of a helicopter onto a half pipe in the ocean it's fine it's nothing skate heaven's a lot more substantial of a level but again it's 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 like this floating space level where you're like um it's like it's like a bunch of islands that are basically separated by by up paths in between, which I don't think is great design. I do think it kind of breaks the flow of trying to find good lines and stuff like that. Um, but it's a cute level, so that's fine. Like, it's it's whatever. It's a dumb unlockable for beating the game. Um, you said it was in space. Is there low gravity? 
There was not. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I've yet to even get one gold medal, so <laughs> that's going to be a challenge. We didn't talk about that. These games are basically split up into three types of levels. You have your normal uh, normal levels where you collect everything, like like hangar and warehouse and school and school two and stuff like that, where they're just your average Tony Hawk levels. Then there's the competition levels, which are genuinely a little bit more compact and about scoring high. Definitely more focused on keeping your combo up and just doing better, which I I just got so addicted to. And like that's why I have all the gold medals, is just because I kept trying and trying. Definitely hits that spot in my brain where I'm like, I can do better, I can do better. One more run, one more run. And I love it. And then Tony Hawk 2, unfortunately, doesn't have any, but Tony Hawk 1 has downhill levels, which I think are great. They're super fun. They're linear levels where you're obviously going downhill. So they kind of function more like, like I don't know, like I guess it's like Sonic the Hedgehog levels or something like that, where you're not necessarily finding areas to do tricks over and over again. You're trying to build up your score while going through this linear path, which is really fun. Uh, and I think particularly the downhill jam level, which is what that game got its title from where you're at a dam and you're like like breaking the pipes and so the water's spewing out like it's really fun and it has a nice spectacle to it and i would like to see more of those if they do an original tony hawk game (laughs) next yeah which uh getting into the legacy of this is possible (laughs) i mean considering how well this one sold and you know the name brand is still there i think it could happen yeah i think we're absolutely going to see more Tony Hawk. I'm not sure what kind of form that takes, though. Like, unlike Spyro and Crash, there are more great Tony Hawk games to work with, so I wonder if they will bother remaking those or something, because they still have 3, 4 in the Underground games, which I would say are probably where they would want to stop. And yeah, I'm curious, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think that we're going to get another release of, like, 3 and 4, or are we going to get, like, 3 as DLC? Are we going to get the underground games are we going to get a brand new title what's your opinion um i don't know i definitely feel like three and four could be put into this it seems weird that it would i mean to be fair this game is only retailed at uh forty dollars initially um which is fine by me (laughs) i'm i'm happy about that but so I think I think 40 would probably be fair for 3 and 4, so they could probably bundle both of those together. Um Underground 1 and 2 definitely have to be their own thing, but well, yeah, I don't four know. 4 is slightly different structure as well. Um they dropped the timer for that game and instead had you like go up to NPCs who would give you tasks in the levels and the levels were a bit bigger. Okay. So it is a slightly different format. So I wonder like so that's why like it might if it were me, I'd be like, okay, we're going to do a three expansion, you know, where you pay for it or whatever, pay 20 bucks for it, which I would totally do in a heartbeat without even thinking about it. And then I guess I would collect four in Underground 1 and 2 or something like that. I don't know. I mean, if they really wanted to, they could convert forest levels to be this style because they're not yeah, that different, but that would be weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I... It's kind of an interesting thing. I would like to see Three's levels because from what I gather, most people consider that to be the best Tony Hawk game, period. Um, in terms of the original in terms of the original run, not in terms of like remasters and stuff. So I would like to see those levels, but I don't know. 
yeah, I, I don't know what they'll do. Like, I, I'll buy it, <laughs> whatever. Like, I think they handled this one with so much care that I'm, I'm into it. Um, of course, I'd love to see something new as well. And I definitely think the interest is there. What I would love to see, I'd love to see the three get out of this and then maybe they do some underground stuff or whatever. And then I would like to see them do like, okay, now we're doing an original Tony Hawk game. And then after that, this is thinking way in the future, now we're going to do, instead of Tony Hawk, we're going to do Riley Hawk's Pro Skating or something like that, you know, Pass the Torch. Because, you know, love Tony Hawk, but he's getting up there. Yeah, like I, I just want more Tony Hawk games, I guess. <laughs> That's <laughs> when it comes down to it. Um, the other thing you've been telling me you want is uh, Spyro the Dragon. So that's the other thing they could add in DLC. They could add Crash <laughs> and Spyro, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's Spyro... the thing that they did that broke my heart yesterday before we recorded this episode. They did announce new cosmetic options and they announced like a bunch of t-shirts and stuff. And some of those are Crash 4 themed t-shirts, which I'm like, that's not what I want. <laughs> You're not there. I want um, I want the full mascot costume. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is I want to see, you know... Like, like if you're not going to do three as DLC, I, w- I would like to see original levels. That would be really fun, right? If they did, like, here's the Crash Bandicoot pack when we get, you know, this Crash Bandicoot-themed level and we can play as Crash and Coco and Cortex, maybe, you know? Like, you know, and of course, you know, do Spyro. Spyro has skateboarding levels and you're the dragon, so what are you doing? Get on it. He is bipedal, which might be awkward for them to do, but whatever. Eh, you know. Yeah, um, you know, I I will selfishly steer this conversation like I did with the Crash episodes and say, who's making Spyro 4, you know? <laughs> Please, someone. <laughs> Please, someone. I, I think it's Beanox. I really do. Um, someone make it whatever. Crash 4. Well, we got that. Don't ask for that. Spyro we got 4. That one. One we got them, that one already. You know. Yeah, um, you know, I'd like to see some fun guest characters. I, I think it's a bummer, you know, like, like I, I get that you're not licensing Spider-Man might be might be a tad expensive for what it would ultimately be like. A, oh, I remember that, but you know, something like that would be pretty cool. And especially since Activision has Crash and Spyro, I don't really see the reason why not, unless they're planning to do it in the future as an event or something to draw more people to it, which would make sense. I don't know. Put them in it. Put uh, put Captain Price from Call of Duty in it. Okay, why not? You know, put Sekiro Man in there. What else is Activision Sekiro kickflip. What do they own? Anything? They don't really do a lot um, anymore. They have Blizzard. They could. I don't know. Throw some Destiny characters or whatever. I don't know. I think they have that. Yeah, I'm fine without Blizzard characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely fair. I, you know, I. I like Blizzard, but every time... Uh, I guess I, li- I liked Overwatch. It's the only Blizzard game I've played. But, like, every time I see a Blizzard man, I'm like, oh, man, this is, like, the most generic fantasy thing ever. That's probably nah, really let unfair. let Bastion from Overwatch do a kickflip. That'd be all right. Get Doom Marine back in there. Well, they don't own him <laughs> Put anymore. Put Doom Guy back in. Come on. Cowards. But, yeah. Um, anything else you want to do before we start wrapping up? Um, You want to talk about what Tony Hawk did <laughs> after... Uh, project eight what the franchise kind of became yeah let's let's kind of discuss yeah let's 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 talk about what happened after after the original 
Yeah, so about 2008, this is where uh, Wikipedia classifies as the Robomoto era. Um, 2008, there was Tony Hawk Motion for the DS. Not much to say there. Uh, Tony that Hawk game, Vert. The, that game makes you put a gyroscope through the GBA slot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, it's apparently very bad. I want to find it. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, Tony Hawk Vert for mobile. Yeah, that was whatever. Uh, 2009 also gave us Tony Hawk Ride, which was Robomoto's first Tony Hawk game. And man, that board was packed with technology, huh? So much technology in that board. Just, just bursting with technology. <laughs> yeah, needless to say, it was a motion-based peripheral that did not work very well. So, you know. I will say, genuinely a good idea. Like... Especially for that era when you think about motion controls and you think about how popular things like the Wii especially, but also even the Kinect were. Having a motion controlled skateboard you could jump on top of and, you know, play Tony Hawk game with is not a terrible idea. But there's also a thing called a skateboard. Yes. <laughs> I... <laughs> yes, but a skateboard is not a video game. That's true, but... You can't do what's happening on the screen in your living room without breaking something, either bone or non-bone. <laughs> it seems all right. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like, like an all right concept. It's like, like I don't hate the idea, it, but it has to work, and it did not. Famously, it does not work at all. But it's packed with technology. It's packed with so much technology. Um, in 2010, there was Tony Hawk Shred, which also used the ride board. And it was a sequel to Tony Hawk Ride. I don't know why they did that, but Robomoto sure did that. Uh, had a lot of boards left over. I guess so. The Pro Skater HD we talked about, that was also Robomoto. Shred Session was also a... It was a mobile game that got pulled after a soft launch and then never came back. That's nice. <laughs> it was a mobile game and guess people didn't like it because there it went um and then in 2015 this was just mere months before their tony hawk license was going to run out they uh put robomoto in the studio locked the doors and told them hey make pro skater 5 and crank that out i was excited for that game needless to say if you give a developer like two or three months to make a video game it doesn't work it just doesn't work they <laughs> so, called it pro skater 5 well activision how did dare you how <laughs> dare you yeah you Jesus knew it wasn't Christ. gonna be good you gave them a couple months to make it like what an insane thing to do hey beloved series really considered kind of one of the best of all time kind of really defined a culture for a certain you know for a certain for a couple generations, honestly. Uh, uh, get one out and call it the the sequel to the main series. Fuck off. What? I, th I think that's honestly the most offensive thing about that game. Not that it's bad. Not that, you know, it got put out. That they called it Pro Skater 5. Yeah, what? It's a real Sonic 4 situation. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, Sonic 4 is, like, fine. <laughs> like... This yeah, is not it's... fine. Yeah, no, this, this is, is offensive really on all levels. Like, it's... Oh, God. 
anyway, look look for my Twitter when I buy that game in a couple of months. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm sure you could find some Chuck E. Cheese tokens to trade for it. So in 2018, there was Tony Hawk Skate Jam, which is a, another mobile game, and apparently it's um, whatever. But... That game is notable <laughs> for the fact that when you build up your social meter, you don't do like a special trick like you do in most Tony Hawk games. Instead, you just transform into Tony Hawk. <laughs> what? Okay, which is no, a this is notable. Great idea. Hold on, what? It's a great idea. Yay, but great idea. Um, it's also notable for being the only Tony Hawk game not published by Activision. Yeah, this was after 5 came out and they kind of split ways. Well, their license ran out. That's why they cranked out 5 is because they their license was going to run out in 2015. So they're like, we got to make a game. Yeah, and I think Tony Hawk went to make this game and then this game got right uh, rightfully poor uh, reception for being a piece of um, And then, of course... Two years after that, we got Pro Skater 1 and 2, 1 plus 2. Back with Activision, probably they're like, hey, we got the studio that did all these weird mobile game versions that are really good, so you can have them do it. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully that's a good thing. Um, you know, we'll see. Activision seems to be handling their kind of throwback series stuff well. If Crash 4 is any indication, they seem to be interested in like renewing interest by re-releasing games and then making new ones which is a positive thing in my eyes activision please don't activision this these things up yeah honestly because there's that huge thing with ctr adding microtransactions afterwards uh so far it's been two months since release and there is a costume shop but there's no microtransactions to buy currency for it yeah, I think you can buy clothes packs. I think the stuff I was talking about was like buying packs of clothes, but like the two I've seen were just to benefit charities. So Okay, that's fair. That's fine. Yeah, it I don't know. So I I really hope it's a sign of things to come and I think it is, honestly. I think I think we're gonna get more tone hack in the future, which is very cool. Uh I would trade it all for a new Spyro game. I don't care. Burn it to the ground, but you know. <laughs> Spyro 4. Spyro 4, muff. Come on. Uh, we need to talk about Spyro someday. We, we're we're doing it next year. This is my audio promise to you listeners. Spyro's coming next year when they announce Spyro 4. <laughs> <laughs> when they announce Spyro 4. It's already... Dustin's peering deep into his vision board and seeing Spyro 4. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, <laughs> well I, uh, time I, will tell. I went ahead and I added a couple of recommended viewings for you all. Uh, first of which, I highly recommend you all go follow Tony Hawk on Twitter. He is a delight. His, I, I think most people know him for posting stories about how people recognize him as a person that looks like Tony Hawk, which is the best. <laughs> but not as Tony Hawk. Nope. It's always like, it's always like talking about people who go, hey, you look like Tony Hawk, which is really delightful. Or one guy that looked at his passport and saw the last name Hawk and was like, oh, like Tony Hawk. <laughs> Tony Hawk, I'd just be like, yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. guy. <laughs> he also just seems very genuine and very nice. So I, you know, seems like a cool dude. Um, I mean, we talked earlier in the episode about all the cool stuff he was doing for this game. So, yeah, he seems cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then I also want to recommend, similar to when we talked about Crash, 
uh, Square Ajax, every Tony Hawk level ranked. So if you want to, it's actually a good way if you haven't played many of these games to kind of get a a good sense for them all because he talks about every mainline Tony Hawk level, including the portable ones. So like it's it's a like a long ass video. It's a few hours. So if you want something to put on in the background, I I recommend it. Uh, the other one we did talk about, you know, the Out of Bounds Secrets. We'll put a link there. Um, yeah, that's Boundary Break, which I I, I think is a, a just a good universal recommendation. Great oh, yeah, channel if sure. you like to learn about development stuff. So what's up next on the docket for the rest of the year? For the rest of the year, we have what's it's two episodes left. Uh, we are t- we are talking about the wonderful game that we're both halfway through, Ghost Runner, which is quite a joy and I highly recommend already halfway through. <laughs> Don't maybe that second half is, but the first half great. Yeah, and then we're doing uh, Death Stranding. <laughs> Yeah, Ghost Runner. Uh, look forward to that. That'll be up in two weeks, um, and then hopefully two weeks after that will be Death Stranding, and then two weeks after that will be our year wrap up. We'll discuss all the games that came out this year, best game of the year, all that stuff. So that's the plan. Tune in for those. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. It was a bit of a shorter one, at least it feels like. So hopefully you enjoyed it and. I'll see you next time. Yeah, I don't know if this actually does anything, but if you want to leave a review on whatever, that might be cool. I don't know how I would read those, but maybe it helps an algorithm or two. So Yeah, especially considering consider this that. is our first episode of, of Ska Station Radio, it would really help us out. Yeah, you know, starting a new we show and all that. Backlog and it's, it, that's going to be hard <laughs> to do, so, you know, a little bit of help on your end would be cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you could follow me at Brickmaster03 on Twitter. You can follow the show at SaveStationPod. Um, and then Dustin, where are you at? At DustinHDragon on Twitter. Yeah, and you can always tweet at us thoughts about the episodes, game recommendations, just to chat, whatever. Just tweet at us. Um, yeah, I'm here. I'm not doing I'm anything. Here. You can respond to me. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.